that is insane. Right, like I'm just gonna say this again for you know now that we're we're fucking doing this this picture right yeah exactly like you said that this is the photo of Anthony Blinken the first man right to know about World War Three after having yeah. a conversation. That's the. That's it looks the, like he's in some mobile skiff is what it looks like. If it's yeah. if clearly it says handle with utmost care it means it probably got loaded onto a C seventeen or C five <laughs> at some point you know is a wooden door which is yeah. weird. Right. It looks like some sort of skiff. M, yeah. 3M. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, hooks for the U.S. flag. But what, mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is that he he had just spoken with like some Palestinian slash Hamas leaders and he had just spoken to the president of Israel. Um, and he sat in this room like by himself for hours afterwards looking like that. Because yeah, I mean, you gotta be sick to your stomach. Let's be well, like I don't it's, I don't it's, envy his position at all. No, and it's like I'm sitting here. And this is one of those things where it's just like it's so fucked. The only thing you can do is laugh, right? But what, and what's what's no. crazy is so uh, it was like the day before this. I think it was like the day the the day the day or the two days before this. Yeah, he was he was saying that we need a pause on like the attacks on Gaza to like have humanitarian aid actually take root. Right, not gonna happen. But after this, this listen. After this, the next day is like yesterday or like two days ago. Okay. After this whole incident, he now comes out and he's saying, "Now you can't pause because then Hamas would regroup and retaliate, and you'd have another October seven attack." You know what? You know what that says to me. You know what that says to me that it thinks that his bet that the yes, it says to me that he thinks that the best way for World War Three to be avoided is for israel to be so aggressive in destroying hamas that there's not even a chance for iran or syria to get their shit together and try and help them out exactly the best way for them to to prevent this is to basically is genocide basically which is fucking crazy and never would i ever advocate for genocide that's completely and totally terrible and i think to me it says that that's what he's he knows that you have like you have to just basically for once let a country go completely and totally gloves off, which is something that, you know, we've been, if you're in the military or if you, if you've been around anybody in the military, you know, it's been like the number one gripe from people in the military for a long time, you know, since Korea, Vietnam is, is take the, let us take the gloves off. This will be over in a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know that's stupid to say, like, let us, it'll be over in a week, but it definitely yeah. won't be as fucking convoluted and complicated. Right. Well, the, and that's, the U.S. Navy has said, like, and like leaders of the Navy have said that if a war of China ever kicked off, if the mm-hmm. U.S. just let the Navy run rampant for like a week, China would lose. It's that's like what they a, need to do. And that's the thing. Yeah. That's what scares me about conflict nowadays with how political things mm-hmm. are, is that there'll be there'll be this like, oh, well, you know, we'll just let's just do this now and we'll hope that that's enough. Like, no. Like it, what I said to Christopher earlier is, is, is a quote. I don't remember who said it, but, but if a blow must be dealt to a man, let it be so violent that we need not fear his revenge. And that is exactly the move that needs to be made on this crazy ass global chessboard. And it is, we've reached a point where there is, there's no conversation at the table clearly right that's that's this picture and that Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm kind of getting at too is that before he had conversations with all parties involved 
other than mm-hmm. Iran, right? Mm-hmm. With all parties involved, he was optimistic from a normal American political current administration idealism. He was mm-hmm. he was hoping that there was a table we could meet at, that there was a right. way that we could solve this in this mobile skiff. In this mobile skiff. And then after the conversations, he sits here in his thoughts. Mm-hmm. He plays out probably he knows way more than anyone in intelligence or whatever right. is going to know. He's yeah. the only person who might know more than Anthony Blinken is the president. And even then, I bet Anthony Blinken maybe knows not. more than the president. In that moment, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got to go brief and, people. And he's sitting here. And within days of walking out of here, it's an entirely 180 switch on the way America's responding to it and the way he's talking about it. So yeah, second carrier strike group. Yeah, literally. Let's put a second one in there. You know, let's put a right. third. Let's surround. Oh, it's like the video I sent you. Water needs a nuclear submarine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, dude, it, the, the scary thing is, is the point you were trying to make um, in the conversation earlier. When I say this, if you want to expand on it because you didn't get a chance to before, please do yeah. so. Is all these other countries are going to get involved? And this is like what I was saying about World War One. Gavrilo Princip shoots and kills Archduke Franz Ferdinand in a vehicle in Sarajevo. There, and the Archduke is there to celebrate essentially the the victory in a battle over there that that the Serbs lost, right? Yeah. And then Austro-Hungary gives them these demands that they know that they can't meet, knowing that it's going to lead to conflict. And because the Serbs are the brothers of the Russian Empire, the Russians say, "Okay, this is it," and that's what happens. All these pieces start, you know, the Germans are like, well, we got to back up the Austro-Hungarian Empire, you know, and then France is like, well, we got to back up these people over here, you know, and then Belgium gets invaded. And who guarantees the sovereignty of Belgium? The UK. And then that's it. You know, World War Three, you know. Well, at the time, World it, War One, but you get what yeah. I'm trying to say. And this is, I think, that was the point you were trying to make. It was is that this is this is like the big domino. I think, I think that Ukraine has had several moments. I don't think I know. Ukraine has had several times where you could go to the table, like like you said, that you can. Mm-hmm. There's go to the table moments, and and it would have absolutely come with Zelensky needing to be like, okay, well, we lost this, this this piece or yeah. whatever, you know, and. It, unfortunately, that's that is what it is, and I understand why the American people are so fucking fed up with paying for foreign wars. We literally just got out of a twenty-year conflict, and we're doing it again. You know, and this is one of those dichotomies where you either pay to be the world's policeman, or you stop being the world's policeman, and the, the bat villain, the bat villains, yeah, exactly, come out, and you, yeah, like you or like you said, you're policed. And I do. I think that the Ukraine-Russia conflict has had multiple opportunities to not be World War III and just being completely and totally real. If that was the only thing that was going on, I don't think that conflict would go to World War III as much mm-hmm. as Russia wants to make propaganda videos of them blowing up San Francisco, right, with with, mm-hmm. with nukes from a submarine. Um, this will, though. This very, this very easily could. This very easily could. It's because you're talking very- about... It's going to very real hatred decide the mm-hmm. there's a power vacuum in the Middle East currently. There has, there has been, been there has been since the U.S. decided mm-hmm. deuces and bounced, and the uh, that power vacuum has led to a lot of very aggressive things, mm-hmm. which has got us here right now. Mm-hmm. And the uh, weak leadership, 
there's going to be there's going to be a lot of countries who are going to want a piece of this pie, either mm-hmm. a bite, a nibble, or the whole pie, and they're all going to get involved. Yeah. And, and what I was getting at earlier, before you know, it was very very emotionally charged conversation, and we still appreciate that. But I was trying to kind of talk about it from like an outside view, and it's like. There's going to be so many, there's so many things tying all these other countries and stuff together. And we're really going to learn where true allegiances lie. What papers do they agree to? What past signatures are still good? Like Mm -hmm. there's so many things here. There's stuff between countries like European nations and the U.S. that go back to like World War II that have not been re-looked at. And well, this- dude, you want to know? You want to know a really weird one? You want to know a really weird one? Yeah, is why me. when you get stationed in Germany, you get a ration card for coffee. That is a World War II era thing from in the SOFA agreement. If anybody doesn't know, SOFA is Status of Forces agreement. Yeah, yeah. That has Which not is been an agreement out between it takes the so United much- States and whatever country and we're the in. The host country, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so much work involved in changing SOFA agreements that you have to have a ration card for coffee still. And it's stupid because if you go to the commissary, the grocery store on base and buy coffee, they'll ration you, which you could go on the German economy and buy as much coffee as you want. And as an American, it's so a, dumb. Is there a Starbucks on the, on the American base? Well, you want to know what something that's really funny is if you've ever been stationed at Ramstein, you know that there is a Starbucks and a Dunkin' Donuts at the uh-huh. BX mall, uh-huh. essentially on Ramstein. Yeah. Are you rationed there? You, I was just about to say those are those are privately owned coffee shops. They're owned by not the US government. They're yeah. renting the kiosk yeah. space. So yeah, you could go to Starbucks at the VX and buy as much you could buy the whole shelf of coffee and they wouldn't ask you for your ration card. But if you marched 200 yards into the BX the and buy well, yeah, even because you can buy coffee in the BX, you yeah. know what I mean? Or if you walked across the street to the commissary you couldn't. You could only buy a certain amount, and then they would ration you. <sighs> Isn't that that's dumb? Funny. That's that's what that, you're. That's that what Zach's dumb. talking about. That's that's, yeah. that's like a really stupid example. But There's, you know what else? It's it maybe what you just said made me think about when we talked about going gloves off and then and not you know holding back. You have to have everybody else on the same fucking page. You have to have everybody else on the same page. You want to talk about like lines being drawn in the sand. You talk about people getting involved and who's really with who and who's not with mm-hmm. who. Like U.S. allies, like just for shits and gigs, right? Germany, France, UK, if that ends up being who's with us, right? And we decide to do that, there has to be a united front. You can't have one country just going in there and laying wood, right? And the other going in there and sprinkling hey, fairy we- dust. We support right. you, but yeah. could you it like has pull to it be back? right? And you know, and I and it's crazy too, man. Because I mean this when I say this wholeheartedly. I do not ever advocate for for war. I am one hundred percent okay with you defending yourself. Right? You come and hit me on the street. I have every right to defend myself. That would hold up in a court of law. But no, I I don't advocate for war. The people, if you've ever, if you've never been to a country that has been torn apart by war, whether you know it's brought to them or it's civil war, you know, you just don't, you can't get it on that on that level. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's just I don't, I don't advocate for it. But I, 
it, part of me is really scared. Somebody actually messaged our page the other day and asked if we've reached the point of no return. And it's funny that Christopher brought that up because of, I got that question a couple of days ago. Mm. And I told him, I was like, you know, yeah, I, I, I do think we have reached the, the point of no return. And I don't know what it's going to look like. No more access. What it's going to look like? Yeah. And, We're on the autobahn to war. Sure. And we talked about, and we have talked about before, that Thucydides trap about getting off the the war highway. Can we avoid mm-hmm. it? It's not even about. To me, it's not even about can the United States avoid avoid war with China? Can China avoid war with the United States? I think it's it's how is that just going? How is that going to happen? You know what I mean? Is it is it one day Iran decides, okay, we're going into Israel, and at the same time, the Chinese make a grab at Taiwan? Like, how does that look? You know, it's just, it's crazy, man. And it's it's even crazier to think about, you, you have, you, you know, a kid on the way, and I have two kids. And what is what is the world going to look like, you know? To them. Mm-hmm. Like, do we going to enjoy what I'm just call it what it is. Are, are they going to enjoy American hegemony like you and I grew up with? Right. Again, like I've said so many times, or are these we 18 to 22 years, year olds are going to be sure. like, I remember the good old times. Or yeah, sure. You know, or, or, you know, and these 18 to 22 year old kids, like you have known nothing else your whole life, but successful United States. And I get it. Like you grew up, if you're 18 to 22, you grew up in a state of American decline for sure. You know what I mean? As, as we got further and further into the conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan and what that looked like. But trust, you grew up in one of the greatest places, the greatest place on earth. And there is no debate about that at all. You can't mm-hmm. change my mind. Mm-hmm. What you advocate for when you talk about free Palestine, when you talk about, you know, oh, you know, we just we just need to bring these ideas out, you know, that are, that are communist and have failed everywhere else. Right. Believe me, I hear you when, and this is, those are symptom conversations of a larger conversation about corruption in our government. And that's right. And you're right about that. And that needs to change. Crony capitalism is a problem. Mm -hmm. Labor being used as a means to control you in this like neo-feudalist state we live in. That's a problem. And that's what I was getting in that conversation is a problem. That's a problem. Those are things that you need to be fighting for, not fucking going up and down the hallway in your high school yelling from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. You're literally quoting the leader of Hamas who wants all Jews in one area. So doesn't have to hunt them down globally. Like that is, that is, those are real words, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not a catchphrase. It's not a rallying cry for some humanitarian crisis. It isn't, you know, you enjoy what you enjoy because of, of American power and come at me all you want about it. But you grew up in a country that taught you to hate it, unfortunately. Yeah. And that was wrong. That was wrong. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can't remember the country Chris said also like part of NATO Topher. that then that what was it? I said Topher. Is it, was that, is that it? Chris Topher. No, no. Oh. No. I'm just being funny. <laughs> I was like, what? What country is that? Because he doesn't like being called Chris. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I was trying to remember what country he said that's like part of NATO that then was all like anti-Israel or whatever. Was that was it? Was it Turkey? Yeah, who's talking about Turkey? Okay, who's talking about Erdo- so Erdogan. That made me 
think of mm-hmm. something that worries me about this outcome too. And I, what's that? I, I think we should end it after this so people can like think about it on this little mm-hmm. Ember episode. Dude, Ember I was going to say Ember episode. Afterthoughts. Yeah, yeah. This is so, a mini sode. And what I was thinking of is so the after action report. Sorry, go ahead. In World War One and World War Two, you had very clear, like you're talking about, a very mm-hmm. clear, um, agreed upon uh, uh, groups like Axis, Axis powers, and the Allies who came together and fought to the same level. Right? There wasn't like one saying "going balls to the wall" and the one not doing it. Right? Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, they were the victors. And they split things, right? What I'm worried about in the potential World War III scenario, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. paraphrasing, sim- right? Oversimplifying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm worried in like the World War III scenario of like, so Turkey's part of the NATO. Maybe they're like just kind of sitting on the edge, not maybe really too involved, right? And then if the good guys win, the U.S. wins, Iran gets knocked down, all type of stuff. Right after the, hey, we're good to go, this conflict is over, this war is over. And then you get like an inside man almost, like Turkey, just nuke something. Just do mm-hmm. something crazy because... Well, the only nukes in Turkey are American nerds. Nukes, yeah, but, but yeah. But you, but you I, know, know, I know what you're saying. You know what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Is that you have someone who's on your side they're in your in your group, mm-hmm. and then because they that where they weren't actually fully committed at the last hoorah at the last end, they sabotage it all, or they mm-hmm. they they change sides halfway through. Like that's what I'm they, worried they about. They go berserk. They're a berserker. They're a berserker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could there's a there's a good handful of countries, and that's what I was getting at. Is you're going to really learn like who good North the, Korea. Yeah, you're going to really learn who's what agreements are still valid, mm-hmm. what treaties are still good to go. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Mm-hmm. I laugh my ass off, though, if like North Korea, you know, it's like on China's side, more likely in Russia's side. And then, like, and then it gets close to the end and they just go, eh, yeah, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> they just nuke China or nuke <laughs> Bro. Yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Uh, China yeah. would nuke him back in a second, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. But talk but... talk about parking lots, <laughs> like for real. You yeah, know? but that'd be insane. Like, what, what if like North Korea is sitting there and they're like, "Well, we can't get our nuke to the U.S. and we're gonna lose anyways." <laughs> Somebody's so like just... talking to like to Kim, and they're like, "Hey, I don't know if you know this, but during World War II, Italy changed sides." He's like, really? Like, yeah. They went from Axis to Allies. Yeah. And he's like, oh, interesting. That's a thing? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I don't know. Uno, you reverse. Know? <laughs> yeah, reverse. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be caught with all these with all these cards in my hand. What the hell just happened to your light, bro? It looks like the freaking sun came up. Yeah, uh, these dying. So oh. I'm now stuck here looking extra bright. You are, dude. I can't tell if that's your bald head or the hat. How's that? <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. The only yeah, good thing you have a mustache. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, man. It, it's I, I do think that 
that picture that you uh, that you put up, Anthony Blinken. That's that's pretty uh, foreboding, for sure. It's not to think about. I can't even imagine the shit they said. Like, what what would you even say? Listen, man, I need you guys to not be maniacal, genocidal, homicidal fucks for five minutes. You know, and they're all just like, best I can do is genocide. You know, and you're just like. I, mean, like, I laugh and like, you laugh, just, but it's it's true. That's like, probably, yes. probably, probably the gist of the conversation. Yeah. Like, what hey guys, can I do? You, could you just like not murder your own people real quick so we could – and then like does not murder any Israelite. Like let's just – for like a week, let's just not murder anyone. Mm-hmm. Just, just so like we can get health and aid in here real quick and I'll go talk to Israel. And we just won't murder anyone for like a week. And they Can you hold they, off until after the election so we don't have to fight off uh, starting World War III on the campaign trail? And then and then their their question is, well, who's going to carry the boats? Who's, yeah, who's, who's going to carry the boats? <laughs> no, who's uh, who do you think is going to win? Is it going to be another Biden or is it going to be someone else? So he, and he's like, well, he was, under, he was in that room with Benjamin Netanyahu also. They weren't all in the same room together. He spoke to them separately because they wouldn't come together, obviously. So they – Oh, so he had a conversation with each of them. Yeah. He had a conversation with Hamas or Palestine, like with them and then – Do you think he had a guard in the room when Hamas was in there with him? I don't think he physically sat with them. I think there was definitely over the phone or like – video oh okay 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 i was gonna say because like them, he could have he could have sat with with benjamin but like there's no way i said there had to be like some delta Hamas. force guy sitting in the room or something you know what you i know, mean there's no like, way he sat with him and here's no your nda you know <laughs> for real there's no way that happened that had to have been a phone call or over the video and who knows even how right. long it was it could have been like five minutes could have just been right. a mosque the whole time saying, fuck you, death to America, death to Israel. You know what I mean? Pro- yeah, who knows? I don't know. Could have been. But I'm just saying, like, that That's that guy has an impossible job. I don't, I don't envy that. Because let's let's be real, man. I, I think let's, you How know. Much a talking about clo- I don't know. But, you know, here's a good closing thought, okay? I had a conversation one time with uh, one of the ma- one of the better master sergeants. And in my career that I, I, I met, I was a young staff sergeant and we had a lieutenant on my flight who was not doing very well, right? At leading a lot of mistakes. He had made some mistakes like in his off time as well that kind of mm-hmm. got public. And the flight definitely was kind of turning against this LT. And I remember he pulled um, this master sergeant, he pulled us aside, like the NCOs. It was like, listen. I get it. This there's some mistakes being made, some public mistakes, and some big mistakes. But at the end of the day, you should want to see that lieutenant succeed because yeah. he he needs to be successful. And if if he if he can't be and he and he fucks up and he fails, that's on him. But you should never want to see him fail. And that's the point I'm making. And I, I remember that conversation because it can be applied in a lot of different ways, you know. I don't want to see Anthony Blinken fail. I don't want to see Joe Biden fail, even though I don't like Joe Biden, right? 
Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't like most politicians, but I don't still, want. To, I don't want to see still them a fail. Pilot slash co-pilot slash navigator of the aircraft we're in. Right, and if Just they like fail, people, we're crashing mm-hmm. them in the ground. I don't want to. I, it would have been terrific if Joe Biden solved every problem the United States has. Yep. That would have been terrific. I would. That, wow. Okay. Cool. You proved me wrong. I'm glad that happened. You know okay. what I mean? It shouldn't matter where it comes from. And that's too much of that. It needs to come from this side for it to be okay with me. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I don't want to see him fail. I don't want to see any of them fail. I, I would love to get off this fucking carnival ride without radiation poisoning or being turned into a shadow on the wall. Like at the, the Peace Museum there in Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want anything like that to happen. You should want your president, you should want us to them to be successful. Doesn't mean they're not beneath being criticized. They should be criticized. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was just getting at looking at him, that very defeated look, right? That isn't him just tired. Like, that's him tired on a hundred levels. That's him frustrated. That's that looks like failure to me, you know? It just He's sucks. Upset that he can't that sucks. Solve mm-hmm. It sucks. Yeah. And I mean, you can say what you want about politicians and all politicians are cunts, whatever, you know, it's he's still a human most part. Well, he's still a human, but he, he also is, you know, trying to avoid world war three. And you could say that they're not, and that they're trying to push for it. And some people think that, I mean, I don't think that I don't think, People are avidly, actively pushing for World War Three. Not people like yeah. Anthony Blinken. You know yeah. what I mean? Like maybe, maybe these mullahs in Iran or you know Xi Jinping or whatever. Jinping. You know, because they, yeah, yeah, they want to see a transfer of power at any cost. But that's just a shitty picture, bro. That's like one of those things where like that'll be in in the year twenty one hundred. You'll if you're a kid in high school, if that's still a fucking thing. You either it's gonna be like a time. It's flip, gonna be like in your history book. I was gonna say you're gonna flip through your history book if there are still history books, and there's gonna be a picture of Anthony Blinken in a mobile skiff, wherever the fuck he's at, looking frustrated. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll use that as a confluence to talk about all the other shit that went down prior to that meeting, and all the other shit that happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. He makes so, uh, two hundred twenty-one thousand dollars a year. I mean. Yeah. If you're that guy, I think that's a decent salary. Just saying. Yeah, but he's he's really earning his paycheck recently. <laughs> yeah, and I'm saying that without even knowing about any sort of insider trading, if he's a part of any of that yeah, or whatever. I have true. no idea. I'm just saying that if you're the secretary – what is, what is he, secretary, secretary of state? Secretary of state. Yeah. If you're that guy, I feel like two 225 or whatever the fuck you just said, I mean like that's a pretty fucking good salary. So anyway, cool, man. Well, this was kind of fun. It's the first time we've done a little after action report on, um, on an episode. So a little, a little special uh, edition version, little, little burning coals or something. Yeah. Well, we'll, embers. We'll get, a, we'll get a good name. Stoke, we'll get a stoke good name. in the embers. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, all right, man, let's get off this biatch. See ya. <laughs> What's going on fire fans. I came with fire podcast is sponsored by red clover coffee and sheep's clothing LLC. Red Clover Coffee is a veteran-owned company with small batch roasted coffees, and they just happen to donate to some pretty awesome charities. 
whether you're into specialty flavored coffees, single source coffees, or having a really cool coffee mug and some badass slaps, Red Clover has you covered. You can order ground, whole bean, or even coffee pods and get it all at 10% off your entire purchase using coupon code CAMEWITHFIRE. Again, that's 10% off your entire purchase using our coupon code CAMEWITHFIRE. I personally love their Blueberry Invasion and African Roast. That Blueberry Invasion hits the spot. Head over and get yourself some awesome coffee and support us by supporting our sponsor. I Came With Fire podcast is also sponsored by Sheep's Clothing, LLC. Sheep's Clothing, LLC is a unifying banner for all violent arts, disciplines, professions, and survivors of violent circumstances. Redefine violence. Both Zach and I being survivors of violent circumstances and LEOs in the military, we are especially excited to be able to offer you 10% off your entire purchase with coupon code FIRE10 at checkout. Whether you're looking for an awesome t-shirt, hats, slaps, flags, or MMA gear, they've got you covered. Me personally, I love my snapback with the leather patch surrounded by God's flannel. If you know, you know. That's coupon code FIRE10. F-I-R-E-1-0 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Thank you all so much for supporting this podcast. And if you should feel compelled, treat yourself by supporting our sponsors as well. They truly make a difference for us. Now let's make a difference for them. See you on the next show.